Welcome to another edition of the Columbia University Sports Podcast, the CUSP show where we talk about all kinds of issues, opportunities, disruption, diversity, media technology. I'm Joe Favorito. Sitting in for my usual co-host, Tom Richardson, is Scott Rosner today. Scott, welcome back. Hey, Joe. Good to be back and always happy to, uh, to pinch hit if, if, if for the esteemed Professor Richardson uh, as I can. So Scott, we're sitting here on the 1st of June, um, coming off one of the more tumultuous weeks, I would say, given everything that's going on, COVID-19, and obviously a lot of really unfortunate and tragic incidents in the past week. And we decided uh, to do a little bit of a special edition of the podcast and bring in Len Elmore, as you know, uh, our esteemed professor, um, teaches sports and society and a number of other programs with us to get his take on the last week, athlete activism, uh, and how athletes, hopefully, and sports in general, can help invoke change. So, uh, Len, welcome back to the Cusp Show. Great. Good to be with you guys. So, Len, just top level, um, you know, given your background, um, so many different places, whether it's uh, on the law side, is on the player side, uh, on the, you know, on the side of teaching and the, the people that you've been around, your thoughts on the incidents of the past week, um, starting really with, you know, a really strange incident in Central Park going through on Memorial Day and on obviously everything that happened in Minnesota and how it's played out. Um, and uh, your overall thoughts, and then kind of we can get into, uh, you know, obviously the particulars of, of sport and society and what sport can hopefully do or has done already to try and invoke positive change going forward. Well, I mean, I, I feel like we've been we've been living in a pressure cooker for a long time. Um, and what's been happening is the heat's been turned up over the last three years. I mean, the attitude of uh, top down from leadership in, in Washington, D.C., all the way down has, has, has put a focus on uh, relations uh, among races, if you will. Um, there's so many things that have come out, whether it's. Uh, you know, the concept of privilege, whether it's obviously criminal justice reform, police relations, you know, all of these things that uh, have combined to, in many ways, subjugate people of color, um, make uh, white people nervous uh, and fearful. And, and all of it is kind of converged, if you will, with several incidents. Now, let's not forget the fact that uh, you know, technology has played a huge role in, in magnifying the issues that we have. But, um, you know, despite, you know, our attempts to, to survive COVID-19, you know, we've got, we've got another viral infection that has been creeping up on humanity, particularly here in the United States for so long. And now, you know, we're seeing an outbreak. And, you know, the heartening thing is that folks are recognizing it. Um, you know, the, the best part of all of this, uh, the tragedy of, of the loss of life of George Floyd, the embarrassment and the destruction of a woman's career because of, you know, her ignorance and stupidity. Uh, but the beauty of it is that the people are joining hands in diverse, in diverse um, demonstrations. And I'm not talking about the rioting and I'm not talking about the destruction of property, but in the peaceful demonstrations, people are joining hands to say it's enough. And, and that is where we need to be right now, to demonstrate to each other, not just to other people, but to each other, 
that you know we can't we can't take this any longer with uh, with regard to athlete activism and where it is today we've seen some comments from players from some leagues um where can going forward part, part of this and a couple of people have said to me today you know you look at what's going on and every time there's a tragedy people express condolences and prayers but there's no action that comes out of it but maybe now this is the time and maybe there are athletes and teams and leagues and owners and other people of influence that can really help invoke and drive change. Do you think that's possible now? And, and for people who are listening to this, where should they look or what, in your opinion, should they do to try and help invoke change going forward? Well, well I think athletes right now can be influencers. I'm not saying they can be decision makers that they can affect change, but they can influence minds who essentially uh, when galvanized, can maybe have some impact on the process of change. I mean, we've seen so many respected people uh, speaking out, um, whether it's players, whether it's coaches, um, uh, administrators, uh, have all spoken out, released, uh, released statements, and that's a good beginning. Uh, and, you know, you would expect those who follow sports so closely, uh, particularly in this time where, you know, there's a, an absolute void in the action, uh, for people to begin to take these words to heart. Remember, sport is, quote, the old um, example of meritocracy, um, the example where people need to get along in order to, um, to achieve goals. And, and so, you know, the, the idea of the camaraderie, the idea of respect and all those things have been, you know, a hallmark of, of participation in sports in America. Unfortunately, society hasn't caught up with that. But now that you know, guys are speaking out, you know, I, I think it's important uh, that they exercise the influence. Now, what else can they do? Um, beyond that, I'm not sure. I and mean, people have programs, people have, uh, athletes have gone out. I saw in uh, Tampa where, you know, there were, um, there was destruction and rioting that a number of football players were out there helping to clean up. I mean, those uh, are leaders, that's leadership by example. And I think, again, that, that's influence. Uh, but beyond that, uh, people still have to live their lives and they have to live their lives in an exemplary manner so that others will follow. This, will, this really will be a barometer how important sports really uh, are to American people, how important athletes are to American people. It's great to go out there and cheer for them in, in competing out there and, and just talk about your admiration for these athletes and the way they compete. But now is the time to see if that admiration stretches beyond the playing surface and see if, you know, you, they are worthy of following. Uh, they set examples for, for us to follow as a nation. One of the examples that obviously has continues to come up is Take a Knee and Colin Kaepernick. Uh, there was a really interesting story in the New York Post over the weekend where Paul Hicks, uh, who is SVP at the NFL, very close advisor, to, um, uh, to uh, Commissioner Roger Goodell now, but also worked obviously for a long time in um, uh, the Clinton administration said, you know, now maybe the NFL should really take a look and figure out a way to, to embrace Colin Kaepernick and what he stood for and what he was trying to do and find a way to get him involved in an actionable and meaningful way as opposed to some of the things that have been done in the past. Do you think Take a Knee gets a different stance now or another look or a more important look now that we've reached this boiling point again? Or is it 
a separate incident altogether. Well, it certainly has more meaning now than ever before, considering what happened to George Floyd and, you know, the criminal charges levied against police officers for doing just that, taking a knee. Um, and, you know, the ironies are uh, not um, lost on, on Americans when you recognize, you know, Colin Kaepernick could take a knee and, you know, he gets banished from football. And this police officer took a life with his knee, um, you know, and there was a period of time when it didn't even look like he was going to be uh, he was going to be charged. But but as far as Colin Kaepernick is concerned, there is absolutely no question, not only that he should now try to be, be able to play a meaningful role. Because remember, I talked about social influences a, a moment ago, and, you know, there was no bigger social influence than Colin Kaepernick in, in the realm of football. And now I, I think that his actions have proven to be um, be prophetic in, you know, demonstrating against evils that people chose to ignore. Owners in the NFL, um, administrators in the NFL wanted to hide. Uh, now's the time to embrace it uh, again for not only self-respect as, as a league, but also to influence uh, for the good. And I think that it's truly an important time to take a look at the Players Coalition, Colin Kaepernick, Eric Reed, and such, and to be able to embrace them, um, you know, more tightly, more heavily than the NFL has done thus far. You've been around um, athlete activism for some time, have seen uh, positive change come in some ways, uh, have been frustrated at some of the things that have not happened. Um, your message to athletes, regardless of color, gender, age, now would be what? What would you like to see people do, whether they are Little League players or coaches or players in the NBA, or the NFL, or the WNBA? Um, I think my message would be to stand for something, stand for what's right, to communicate on a daily basis the right thing, the right values. Um, I, I'm not advocating going out and marching in the streets, uh, particularly athletes and college athletes who are on scholarship, pro athletes who are representing their leagues. Um, you know, there are some unsavory people out there. You go out there and march. Um, you don't know what you're getting yourself into, and you don't want to be caught up in, in something that you can't get out of um, and might be associated with that's negative. But nevertheless, there are other ways. You know, it, participate in community if you can, if young people are, are living in, in an area where, um, you know, community businesses have been torn down, et cetera, now's the time to pitch in, help clean up. Um, you know, obviously you have to do it within the, the uh, social distancing and the other regulations that are, uh, that are so necessary in, in today's environment with COVID-19, but nevertheless, find ways to do that. And also open up the dialogue, continue to talk about it, hiding it under the rug, you know, closing your ears to it only builds the pressure, as I said, in the pressure cooker instead of us talking about it. And in effect, um, you've seen uh, even police departments around the country. You look at Houston, you look at Flint, Michigan, where and, uh, and other places where, you know, the police chiefs and, and other high ranking officials have actually come out and marched with the marchers. You know, that's the kind of that, that's the kind of dialogue. That's the kind of communication that, that's absolutely necessary. And again, to influence others to be able to do the same thing. Because right now, you know, to be at odds, uh, to, 
you know, two sides, if you will, is going to do nothing but uh, increase the polarity. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the social space you mentioned before, um, athletes, teams, leagues coming out and saying things, is it positive, negative, doesn't matter, the herd mentality where everyone feels like they have to say something? How do you speak to a community um, of, of young people, especially athletes, men, women, or owners of teams or people working at teams uh, to make sure that their message that they're, that they're giving is impactful versus just falling into white noise as everyone's trying to speak now? Well, I think honesty and transparency is, is extremely important. You know, I think admissions of the mistakes that were made and, you know, I'm not going to single out the NFL, but I'm going to use them as an example. You know, they may have to admit that they made a mistake with Colin Kaepernick. They have to admit that he was essentially the harbinger of, unfortunately, things to come. And he was trying to uh, bring our awareness to what is going on in the world prior to um, prior to prior to the fuse being lit. Um, now's the time to admit that and to commit going forward to being more respectful, to being more understanding, um, to being uh, more aware of the issues that guys are bringing up. Um, you know, people keep saying it's not the place or the time. And people now realize, and they also thought that Colin Kaepernick and, and the guys who were in the Players Coalition who were taking needs were demonstrating against first responders and and, and uh, the military, et cetera, which is absolute nonsense. This is what they were talking about. And to have that transparency now, um, have, have admitted the fact that the mistakes were made and having the transparency in discussion and in action and commitment going forward is the best thing that the, the most visible leagues, the ones who have made the mistakes, um, and, you know, even the individuals that made the mistakes, if they want to see our country improve, they've got to step up and, you know, uh, become accountable and, and be not only accountable, but now become part of change. Mm-hmm. Um, last question I had was, um, there were two interesting stories today juxtaposed. One was the fact that we are in a hiatus here due to COVID-19 with most sports not playing was a negative to, to try and have athletes be more active. There was another story that said it's actually a positive because people can pause and aren't going to run back, you know, and wave flags at games. Um, and, and this gives people the opportunity to actually think about and kind of formulate action. Do you have a feeling either way, which is better or worse, or can both be combined for when we get back to play? Boy, um, I hadn't really thought about it, Joe, until you just mentioned it. And, and, and to me, it's the latter. I, I think this is a, a period where it's time out. You know, I suspect, that if the games were being played right now, um, that there would probably be more danger, more divisiveness, um, you know, more fear that the games would be interrupted, um, more trepidation that, you know, more people together would ultimately get hurt. I I recall the Freddie Gray uh, incident in, in Baltimore where the Baltimore Orioles actually played a game with no fans because of fear that, you know, more, um, civil disobedience as well as even violence would occur. Um, you know, that's no way uh, for sport to, to take place because sport is to galvanize communities, not to separate them. But now we have an opportunity to think. We have an opportunity to look at athletes 
as leaders as well as individuals and human beings, you know, for them to share, you know, not only their experiences, but their grievances as well. And if we have, as I mentioned earlier, if we have any true uh, authentic feeling that these athletes can be leaders, um, now's the time to listen. You know, now's the time to solicit their ideas and their opinions. And from the athlete's standpoint, now's the time to responsibly assert yourselves uh, in the communities uh, because they, they do essentially look up to you, especially the young people. And this is a time to set a tone. Uh, yeah, you know, Len, as I've thought about this um, in the last couple of days, you know, it's it's really been, in a way, to me, the, the absence of sports right now is in some ways more glaring than it usually uh, or, or than it has been in, in, you know, prior to um, to George Floyd's death. The in the sense that we turn to sports when during troubled times, right. Yep. For distraction, for a sense of community healing, um, for diversion, for pure entertainment, um, when we need it most. And we need it more now than I can remember ever it being needed. Right. Um, and we don't have it. Um, and not that it's a cure all, not that it will, will, we can wave a wand and start and the playing of games would, would make the situation, um, any better or any different. And it certainly wouldn't bring back Mr. Floyd. Um, but it, it certainly is, is one more piece that, that makes me think about the importance in, in the healing process um, and the sense of community that, that sports and, and mass spectator sports in general can provide. Um, well, Scott, you know, here's the deal. I, I, I agree with you to an extent that, you know, if we had sports uh, at a point where everyone was united and we could go there to, you know, kind of leave our emotional side, leave our baggage outside of the arena and go in and enjoy it. That would be one thing, but sport, this is not nine 11. The nine 11, we were united as a country. We That's correct. It was, it was, everyone was on the same that. team. Yeah. 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 But now, I mean, the divisiveness and, um, you know, having athletes playing a role, in you know highlighting what's dividing us you know kind of um almost uh exacerbates the differences and until we can get our act together uh, so that there are no demonstrations at the games because that's what the games will ultimately become they'll become platforms for demonstrations on both sides um so until we can get our acts together and that's why i was telling joe i'm happy right now that we don't have sports because yeah. now is an opportunity to get our act together so that, you know, when the national anthem uh, flies, that you don't have, um, you know, such a stark difference um, when, you know, players go out on the field and they represent certain points of views that you don't have fans, you know, taking sides. Um, and when leagues and owners, uh, until you know we're all unified and saying 
that police brutality, the, the treatment of, of, of African-American males particularly, African-Americans in total, because it's not just males. Um, you know, we've seen that in Louisville. We can remember Sandra Bland and others. Until we can recognize that and demand change together, you know, I think bringing, you know, disparate people together in a sporting event, you know, will only exacerbate those issues. It's funny. It's, it's, I, I usually do agree with you and I agree with you on this point as well. Um, it's, you know, where it's such a, a unique moment uh, in our, our nation's history with this confluence of, of two um, entirely different, but similar, right. Uh, in some mm-hmm. way um, issues. Um, so another thought to, to take it a little closer to the place where we sit, um, you know, our students are, are deeply, deeply concerned. Um, you know, we just had a couple of student meetings and um, a lot of, a lot of conversation. Um, and, you know, it, it's how much this is impacting them and making them think um, in ways that they've never thought before. Um, and we have a pretty diverse group of students um, and they're struggling with this, right? They really are. They, they hurt. Um, you know, I, I'm, uh, you know, it, it's hard to explain it in some ways, but there is, um, you know, there, there is a very strong sense of, um, of, of frustration um, with the state of, of the world. I think they're, um, but they're upset. I think that, you know, that, that sure. this is still going on um, all this time later. And, um, you know, you struggle to find the, the words to, uh, to help them through this. Right. Other than to say we're in this together and, um, you know, and everything else and, and we can learn from this and get better. Right. Mm-hmm. As as not just individuals, but as a society. Um, if thoughts, words of wisdom on this point. Well, I mean, from our perspective, you know, we continue to tell them to monitor, to understand, to learn. Um, and, you know, discuss uh, particularly, uh, you know, different viewpoints, different actions by leaders. Because remember, we're teaching you know, potentially the, the next generation of C-suite occupiers in, in sports. And they're going to be the decision makers. You know, how do you learn from leadership decisions made? And the only way you can is, is to discuss, to evaluate, to be critical in what you see and apply some of the stuff that we've imparted to them. But more than anything else, as human beings, if they look around themselves and they can see that they're committed to the right values, they're committed to, you know, what is just, um, you know, their turn is coming. And as much as, you know, we're divided, we're confused at this stage, you know, the, Optimism has to be that, you know, my, t- my turn is coming and I'm going to be prepared. And that's, that's what I would hope, you know, our students say to themselves and among each other. Our turn is coming. We will be prepared. I think that's, 
sound advice and uh, uh, certainly I know they listen to this and, and we'll pass it along as well. Joe? Good way to wrap it up. You know, I think the one thing I'll say in closing, Scott, is that uh, I've spoken to most, 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 excuse me, I've spoken to multiple people over the last 72 hours uh, and we are all, we all have kids uh, and whether they have small kids or older kids, one of the things that's come up is what do I say to my kids? Mm -hmm. and, and you kind of, you know, epitomize that right now by saying, you know, our students quote our kids, it's the same mm -hmm. thing. You know, the messages are not easy, but this is also a long-term and this didn't just happen overnight. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a challenge going forward, but, you know, most importantly, we welcome uh, Len's thoughts and words of wisdom, as you said, and, and, you know, hopefully people will get some positive out of this and we'll have even more positive to talk about in the weeks to come, uh, both socially and from a sports business standpoint. So uh, Len Elmore, once again, thanks for taking time to join us. Uh, for those who don't know, you can follow Len Elmore on Twitter at, at Len Elmore. It's pretty easy to find. Uh, people have enjoyed him on campus and hopefully before long, uh, we'll enjoy seeing Len back on campus again. So once again, uh, this has been the Cusp Show. I'm Joe Favorito for Scott Rosner with our guest, Len Elmore. We'll see you down the road. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.